Thank you to this episode's sponsor, Wax On, Wax Off Creations. Have you ever heard of Pisanki egg art? It's a Ukrainian tradition, and my friend is crazy talented at it. He recently did a set of Grinch eggs for us, and oh my gosh, you guys, it's probably my favorite Christmas decoration I own. Go check out his stuff and get an awesome customized Christmas gift for someone you love. Check out his Facebook page, Wax On Wax Off Creations Egg Art, or on his Instagram, Wax On Wax Off Creations with underscores in between each word. to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 93, People Business, with Ty and Sarah Bennett. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm recording this on December 1st. It's here. We're in this most special month of the year. I got all my Christmas stuff out and we're listening to Christmas music and it's the best. I love it. I recently had a friend reach out to me that needed a Christmas employee gift for the people on her team. And so as a way to see them this Christmas, she is having me sign a copy of my book for each of them. And I thought that was such an amazing idea. If you yourself own a business or you work with a group of people that you know needs to feel seen, please message me on my website, julieleespeaks.com. I would love to help you out this Christmas season. Thank you to everybody who's been leaving reviews on Amazon for my new book, I See You, How Compassion and Connection Save Lives. And for all of those sporting your ICU bracelets, thank you. I love this message that is getting out there. The first time I met today's guest, Ty Bennett, I was standing in line at a National Speakers Association meeting and someone said to me, hey, this is my friend, Ty Bennett. You should talk to him. And so I said, hi, Ty Bennett. And I shook his hand and I'm pretty sure I said something like, I hear you're a big deal and I should know who you are, but I really don't. (laughs) So you know he has to be cool that he agreed to come on my podcast because that was our very first interaction. Luckily, we've had some interactions since and I think he knows I'm not as crazy as maybe he would have thought I was at first. But he ended up endorsing my book and has just been a really great support to me from the get-go. And I really appreciate the friendship I am creating with him. He is incredibly well-known in the business speaking world. He is all about the people business. And that's why today we've entitled this podcast People Business, because that's what I think of when I think of the corporate speaker, Ty Bennett. He's written four, almost five books, including The Power of Storytelling, and his newest one, Partnership is the New Leadership. You will not want to miss this special conversation with Ty Bennett and his incredible wife, Sarah Bennett. Ty and Sarah Bennett, welcome to the ICU podcast. Thank you. Will you guys start by telling us a little bit about yourselves? I've, I've actually had quite a few people ask me about Ty just because you did an endorsement for my book. Tell us about who you guys are. Are you okay if I start? You start. Well, one, I love your book and your work and uh, happy to endorse uh, anything that I think brings people together and helps us to be better at connecting. I think I do a lot of work with leaders and I often remind them that we are all in the people business. What you teach and what you talk about in terms of empathy and connection, uh, really seeing people is so important to humanize people. 
So my background is as an entrepreneur. Uh, my brother and I built a successful business in our 20s. And in the process of that, I found my role more and more was in speaking and training and development and kind of the leadership development of our team. And so that became a passion for me and I decided I wanted to pursue it. Uh, so basically all of my 30s, I have been running a speaking and training company that I started. I've written four books. I'm working on my fifth and I speak to companies all over the world talking about some of the things that you talk about, but I come at leadership from the people side. How do we win with people? How do we communicate more effectively? And so kind of all my work centers around that. And uh, I love what I do. I, I host a podcast like you do and get a chance to work with and share ideas and hopefully help people in this process. So yeah, happy to be on and and uh, more than happy that Sarah gets to be on and share some of her insights too. Thanks. Hi. Um, I am definitely not as dynamic, but I love my life. Uh, Ty and I have been married uh, 17 years. I was going to say almost, but it has been 17 years. We have five kids and I get to be home with them. And that is the joy of my life. I absolutely love, we both love any time we have with our family and just interacting with them. I'm big outdoors person. Nature really speaks to my soul. So we like to be out skiing or hiking or on the water, playing games outside, just yeah, outside really fills my soul. But as pertaining to what we are talking about here, like with your book and your work, Julie, people, people really fill my soul more than anything. And connecting deeper with people is definitely a passion that I have. And sometimes navigating that in motherhood, that's been different. That's been different because my family is a priority. And, but I've noticed that hasn't changed for me, that people mean a lot to me. And those relationships, cultivating those relationships is a big part of who I am too. Yeah, I can definitely see that in you. And as soon as I met you, remember, I wanted to claim you as my new best friend, but Ty informed me that everybody feels that way about Sarah Bennett. One on the list of every Sarah, everybody who meets Sarah seems to like me more. So I like that she could be on here. This is good. Well, I like you too. I just knew I already liked you. And then Sarah just, you know, she wowed me from the second I met her. And you guys have a really sweet relationship. There's a really good feeling around you too. Ty, will you start, will you talk to us a little bit about the rule of two that you are so well known for? Yeah, we're going to get to Sarah here in a little bit. And she's so much more naturally gifted in the area of connecting with people. I don't know if that's just a woman versus a man thing. I don't think it's only that. Because of that, I feel like I've learned a lot from her in this regard. One of the things that I know I was guilty of, and I find other people are guilty of when we have conversations think about conversations you've had. Have you ever had somebody one-ups everything that you say? You share something and they go, well, you know what happened to me? And you're like, okay, let's talk about you now. And I watch that and I know I'm guilty of that. And I don't think we do this from a place of totally self-centered. Like we, we're not trying to hijack conversations, but the way we go about doing it, we often do because Julie, you share something and a story pops in my mind and I want to share it because I think that's common ground and we're connecting. But the way we do it, we make it feel like we don't care about what you're saying. And I, you just want to, I just want to talk about myself. And so one of the rules that I kind of developed to help me and I've taught to a lot of leaders, and it always seems to be eye-opening is when you're having a conversation with somebody, whenever somebody says something about themselves, you have to ask at least two questions before you can talk about yourself. 
So I say at least two because sometimes two is sufficient. Sometimes you need five. The idea behind it is something that I don't think most people are very good at doing is it's validating what the other person is saying before you move on, right? If you say, you know what, I just went to a concert the other day and I automatically in my mind, I think about a concert I just went to. If I just jump right in and say, oh, I just went to a concert too, then it it feels like I'm hijacking that. But if I will ask a couple of questions, then I validate what you're saying. And then there's a natural opportunity for us to talk and share that commonality. The thing that I think is the biggest takeaway is there's a lot of experts who talk about how to build a connection, you have to find common ground. I disagree. I think the greatest way to build a connection is to make it about the other person. If you were to share and you were to talk and I were to listen and to ask questions and validate what you said, even if I never get to myself, that can be one of the most connecting conversations that you have. And that's hard because we all have an agenda and we all want to be kind of the center of attention. We like to talk about ourselves. But the rule of two has been something that, that consciously really helps me because the minute I have that thought of, oh, I want to share this, I go into my mind and go, oh, I need to ask a couple questions. And it just helps me to validate that person. I really like that. It makes me think a little bit of, and now I'm like, am I doing it right now? Cause I'm about to talk about myself, right? No, but when I wrote this book, when I wrote, I see you, I had to write it really quickly. I had a contract. So I had to finish it in three and a half months. And the first version I wrote of it, I had my sister read and she was like, you know, I loved reading it because I learned things about you I didn't know. And she's like, but it is super duper heavy. And I realized that this first book, this first draft I wrote, it was all about me, right? It was all about me. It was maybe it was something I needed to get out, but it was for me. It wasn't for the reader. And so that was a really humbling and learning experience for me that this book that I'm writing about how we see others, I had to totally shift and change because we have that natural, I just want to tell my story. I want to tell you about my experiences. But when I shifted it and I made it about the reader, I think it's a much better book. It's a much better book. It's interesting you say that. So before I wrote my first book, um, I had a chance to meet Stephen Covey. He gave me some advice about writing a book. And his advice is kind of what you just said. He said, make sure you write the book for the reader, not the writer. And as we discussed that a little bit further, what he pointed out to me is that we often go through life thinking life is about achievement, right? What's the next step for me? But he's, he said at the time, he goes, maybe it's with age, but I figured out or you figure out through life that it's actually about contribution. It's about how can I serve? How can I give? And I've just found that's a better way to live life, not only in terms of the joy that it brings you, but also in terms of effectiveness. It is a more effective approach to make it about the other people if you want to be more influential, if you want to have better connection, if you want to win people over, that's a better approach than making it about yourself. Absolutely. Sarah, I want to bring you in on this because you truly do have a natural ability to connect with other people, which is pretty incredible. And I know you're saying you're not as dynamic, but I can feel it from you. We'll have to acknowledge here that I came to your guys' house and we did this interview a couple weeks ago and then the audio didn't work. And so you guys are so sweet and we're doing it again. But because of that, I have a little bit of experience just listening to you guys talk back and forth. And you're, you're amazing at this. You are. It's truly, I think, a gift that you were born with to connect with other people. Will you please talk to me about connection and about how we, how we value strength and how that kind of works together in that smart brain of yours? 
Yeah, absolutely. Time that when we were talking about this, and this is why he brought me in, because he's like, I think maybe you could be part of this conversation, which is fun for me. So thank you. I've been in circles where we've talked about why don't we open up emotionally? You know, why do we just keep up these fronts? And and I've tried to evaluate that. And one thing that I've really noticed is because we come at things, we do value strength in our culture, which I think is a great thing. I like to be strong too. It's hard for people to see you weak. It's hard to show that, but we also kind of expect that out of people. So, and part of that is the way that we talk to other people. You know, we say, how are you without a response? Or maybe people are trying to go a little bit deeper, but a lot of times it's the, how are you? You're good, right? Everything's going great. You're sleeping good. You're exercising. You know, it's this and, an assumption. And, yeah. There's assumption there that you're doing good. And so where is there room to actually share? Because then if you share, that's kind of embarrassing or it's too much or, you know, and so I think a big part of that is yes, value strength, but also realize that part of strength is being able to share all of you. So maybe as we ask questions to people, try to find a way to really open them up and not just assume they're good. I like that a lot. And we talked about this a little bit before where when I came to do that initial interview with you guys on the way over, I was, I was feeling pretty emotional with some things going on in my personal life. Some listeners know that I have a sister that's dying from cancer and I was just having a particularly emotional morning. I'd come off a, a really emotional conversation on the phone as I was pulling up. And there was part of me that thought, I should cancel this interview. I mean, Ty and Sarah Bennett, they're, you know, they're a big deal. I have so much respect for them. There was also this part of me that was like, you know what though, that kind of goes against everything I believe right now, which is that it's okay for me to be seen as I am and I'm hurting right now. And I mean, it would be different if I was totally like not functional going to a paid event, right? Like that's, maybe that's a different conversation, but to be able to be seen and to walk up to your doorstep and for Ty to say, Hey, how are you? And for me to be able to be like, I'm super sad right now. Friend to friend, human being to human being, I'm sad right now. And, and that's okay. And that's all right. And, and to trust that you are the type of people that that's okay. That we can still have a conversation. We can still have an interview. But I can be real with you about personally how I'm doing right now. And I don't have this beautiful professional front of aspiring speaker and new writer and, you know, all those things. That pressure that we can put on ourselves. I think there's a power too in you owning those emotions. I'm a big believer that we all have a strong BS meter. We can read people pretty well. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so if you were to try and put on a front, I may not have, like, we don't know each other extremely well. Right. Um, and so I may not have gone, there's something more going on, but I might've come away and gone, I didn't really connect with her. There, there's a disconnect or, or whatever it is. But when you own those emotions and you can say, I'm really sad right now. You know, like, it's okay. We can focus on this. I just have stuff going on that, that takes some vulnerability, but it's owning it that makes it okay. And, and allows you to connect. I think. I think too, like immediately, I just felt like we knew your heart, you know, and that's the part of the connection that's so beautiful is you can, and it doesn't have to, again, it doesn't have to go so deep, but when you allow that into a conversation, there's so much more depth to it. Yeah. I think it's important for everybody to be seen, right? I mean, obviously you talk about that. I have had lots of people who have told me experiences where they have felt like Sarah has shown up 
for them, right? Or at, at the right time. But then Sarah's also shared experiences where that's happened to her uh, in different ways. And I think it can be so life-changing in even just simple interactions, simple experiences. Yeah, it is amazing how you said it can be life-changing because I have one that came from 12 years ago. I had two little kids at the time. My oldest was two and a half and then I had a baby and it was not an easy time for me, like just, you know, adjusting to motherhood. And my number two, he was just, he was kind of a cranky baby and really hard. But but my sister was living in Georgia and I really wanted to go visit her. She had just moved into a new house and, you know, just wanting to be with her. And so I took my two little ones on the plane and flew across the country and enjoyed my time with her. I mean, really loved that. But on the way back, the whole flight home, and this was a four plus hour flight, my baby cried the whole time. And so it was so stressful, mostly, I mean, I was definitely feeling insecure and worried about the people around me, probably more than I needed to. But also just, you know, just holding a crying baby for that long was so hard. Luckily, my two and a half year old was kind of entertaining herself in our row. And I was just standing with my baby because he didn't want to sit. And I'm just walking and trying not to make eye contact with other people because I thought I was going to get a lot of dirty stares. <laughs> and and then this grandma, her whole family, it looked like they were coming from Disney World is what it looked like to me. And so she had her kids and grandkids all there on the plane. And she just came up to me and must have seen the stress and her hearing the baby, knowing the stress and just touched me on the shoulder. And all she asked was, are you okay? And that was all I needed. And still to this day, that gives me chills because when she, she didn't even need to say very much. She didn't need to do very much. That touch and those words brought tears to my eyes and it melted me. I felt okay. I thought, I'm going to be okay now because somebody saw me. Somebody noticed the pain just reached out to me, a perfect stranger. That was incredible to me, how that changed my whole inside, you know, and the stress just went away. And yeah, I just think, you know, we could choose to be bugged with people or we could do, we can see them and just offer that little bit of support. And it goes a long way. Absolutely. And I think there's something super grounding about physical touch, about bringing you to reality, because sometimes in those really stressful or depressing situations, our minds can kind of spiral. I've definitely had that before where you're kind of almost living in an alternate reality, even just having a screaming baby, that stimulus where you start, you start forgetting like what's real or what's important, maybe on a smaller scale in that situation. But I know for me, like even when I, when I was really in some deep scary places with depression. I had a therapist that challenged me when I was going there that I would, I would do a backwards figure eight on the palm of my hand. I would just sit there and do that. Or I would get in the shower and feel the different cold temperature on my skin to, to help ground me and just be like, this is what's real. Cause I used to struggle with flashbacks and PTSD like stuff, but this is real. This is what's going on right now. And I think even a situation like that with a crying baby, when you're, ah, like you're worried about what people are thinking, you're having that constant stimulus, that noise, which kind of sometimes raises our levels of anxiety to have someone even just touch you is so cool. It is. And I think the reality is I think that we're missing that right now during this pandemic, right? I mean, we don't have the ability to physically be together, to physically touch from that standpoint. I do think that there's something missing. I think that impacts overall 
mental health. I think it impacts, you know, the connection we feel with other people. And so um, that is a hard thing. I, I think it's just a reality that, you know, we're dealing with right now. Yep. It's a different kind of pandemic that we also have to figure out how we're going to be creative and help each other out. And that leads me to what I wanted to talk about next, which is what can we do right now to see each other during this pandemic while we're trying to help each other stay physically safe? But we also know that this is taking a mental, emotional toll on all of us. I'm sure it's even, I know you guys have been having a ton of fun with even helping your boys with, they're really into the Ninja Warrior stuff, right? You built them a whole, what do you call that whole set? Is it in your backyard or your basement? It's everywhere. It's kind of taken over our life. Uh, yeah, they have kind of a, a ninja gym in the backyard and in the basement. I had, think I had told you before, but on this show, if you've ever watched American Ninja Warrior, that one of the announcers, Akbar Gabajamiamila, say that four times fast, but um, he's one of the announcers and he uses your phrase. I think he stole it from you. He should quote you every time. <laughs> but when somebody, when one of the athletes does really well, they're announcing and, you know, they're kind of up above and they can see the athletes and he'll say, I see you. And it's become like this badge of honor for these ninja warriors that like they want Akbar to say that, like when they push through something really hard, they barely make it through, but they keep going. He's like, I see you, you know, and I do think that's cool to go back to your question. I think right now I'm doing a lot of virtual work with leaders and I keep reminding them the phrase that keeps coming back is multiple times this week, I've brought this up of right now during the pandemic, we need to double down on relationship building because we've lost all those natural places that we interact with people, especially if you take just the work environment, right? There's no water cooler on virtual screens. There's no reason for us to be sitting down and eating lunch together. There's no chances that I just walk by your desk or by your office and just poke my head in and talk for a minute. All of those things are gone. And so we have to be strategic about it. One of the things I do on social media is I share a Monday morning mantra every week. It's just a short video with just an idea. And a couple of weeks ago, I shared the idea of just said, reach out to someone every day. Now, that's maybe a simple thing, but what I've been finding lately is I've been reaching out. It could be a text, it could be a phone call, it could be a little message on Instagram or whatever. But as I've been reaching out to people, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten back a message that was like, oh my gosh, thank you for reaching out. I've been needing this or, or a really open response because I think people are dealing with a lot right now. And so I think as, as leaders, which I think all of us are, I think we need to double down on, on our willingness to build relationships and to be intentional in reaching out to others. I love that. I think you're absolutely right. I think it could be really easy to use the pandemic as an excuse, not even consciously, but to withdraw even more, which I think that we were struggling in general as a society. We were losing some connection before COVID, right? I wrote most of my manuscript before COVID because of what I could see in my own circle and what I saw a need for. And then COVID, I think it's made it really easy to withdraw even more because I mean, you can't blame people, right? Like we're isolated from each other. And I don't think it's bad intentions, but I love that you talk about doubling down on our relationships, getting super creative and finding ways to get through to each other, right? To ground each other, to remember her real. And a lot of people we can't touch, right? Like we're maybe we're like a little self-conscious. Do we touch on the shoulder? Like, I don't even know. 
but I, I just appreciate that idea of, of doubling down on that relationship. You know, if I can add to, I tested positive for COVID. And so I've had to isolate. I just finished that up. And I so appreciate, I had friends who have reached out to me, but two in particular, one, you know, going to the store and just said, what do you need? Actually, two different friends who did that. And then another friend who sent me a Marco Polo and she specifically said, okay, I was just thinking about you and thought maybe you need social interaction. You're probably missing that because... You know, you can't be, I, I'm, I've just been stuck in my room. I'm even isolated from my kids, or I was. Yeah, and so she sent me a Marco Polo and we went back and forth. And then later that day, I found a little care package on my doorstep. And she had sent, she put a mask in there and some chocolates and nail polish. And, you know, I just looked at that. And specifically, like when she said, I wondered if you needed social interaction. Like she was really thinking about what, if I was in her shoes, what would I be feeling? And, you know, and so she reached out to me in that way. And that was incredible, you know, just incredible that somebody would reach out like that. That's amazing. I love friends. So you're, you're good now. You did your quarantine. Hey, my time. <laughs> I've been in charge. So my kids are probably in a bad way currently, you know, having spent that much time with me, but no, overall we've been good. It, it uh, luckily hasn't been a very hard thing in yeah, terms of the physical, case. you know, mild case, but you know, the quarantine and stuff, all of that takes its toll. It just yeah. does. Well, and the kids, they would FaceTime me in if we had some kind of family, something, and I could feel they would just say, mom, hi mom, you know, because <laughs> we are a very touchy family and mm-hmm. we're there a lot. And so I could feel from them, you know, like I miss you, even though I could hear their voices and that sort of thing. But they, they missed, they missed that interaction. So it's amazing to think of outside of the walls of our home, what's going on out there. Cause there are a lot of lonely people. I think more than we know, you know, I've got some single friends, single family members, and I've really tried to keep them in mind. I think we really need to think about what other people are experiencing and try to figure out how can I reach out to them? Cause I think it'll, it will mean the world to them that you do. Yes. And that leads into the last thing I want to talk about, which is if someone's listening right now, what kind of message would you give to them? Someone that is feeling pretty lonely and their emotional mental health is taking a toll right now during COVID. One, if, if you're feeling lonely, my heart goes out to you because that, that that's a horrible feeling, right? Nobody wants to be in that place. I hope that there are people who reach out to you. I I hope that that happens. I hope that if you're listening, that you take a couple of these ideas and reach out to other people. But I also know that there are times that we feel that. And unfortunately, nobody else reaches out. Sarah was sharing with me uh, a particular time when her her sister also has stage four cancer. Um, I know we talked about that a little bit uh, when you were here. When she was diagnosed with stage four cancer, when Sarah found out about it, she had just gone on a trip and so she came back and uh, it was a Sunday and went to church and honestly wanted someone to reach out to her, right? She's dealing with this horrible news, but her friends who came and talked to her knew she had just been on a trip. So their questions were, how was your trip? Was it great? Oh, you know, just like that assumption. And honestly, all through church, nobody reached out to her. That could be a hard thing, right? I mean, we sit in that and we're like, I just wish someone would reach out to me. And luckily, she found the strength to reach out to a friend. And 
went and, and connected and, and that friend was able to help her, you know, in processing that information and all that. While it, it may not be the ideal, if you're listening and you're stuck in that situation, I would encourage you to reach out to somebody, whoever comes to mind right now, and literally just like pause this right now and reach out to them right now and just say, hey, I just need to connect with you. Just be straightforward about it. Just like I'm struggling with some stuff. Would you be willing to talk to me or however you want to say that? But I do think there are times that we we want it to happen for us and unfortunately it doesn't. And if we'll take that step, I think that most of the time, if you reach out in a straightforward way, people want to help. They're there for you and uh, will respond in the way that you need. I love that you shared that story in that way because that story was on my mind and I was trying to figure out how can that work in? And I think it works in with this question because sometimes we do have to be the one to instigate it. And maybe that is for whoever's listening right now and you are feeling that you're feeling what I felt on the airplane. Just can somebody reach out to me? And that's what I felt that whole day at church. I thought, okay, is there going to be a message I'm going to hear? I'm going to have a friend who's going to be that person. I, I, you know, I, I wanted that grandma to touch me that day and it, it didn't happen. But on my walk home, I still had that in my heart and a person came to mind and that doesn't happen by accident. These relationships that we have with people that we've worked on building, they come when we need them to. And, you know, you don't need a million of those people. You really just need a handful. Those people will be there. And I think we are all anxious to help other people that sometimes we don't know, you know, and and sometimes we are given that nudge to know who to reach out to. But sometimes we just, we've got to be the one to tell somebody else, I'm not doing okay. And can you, can you be that person for me right now? And I I don't want to paint this like, there's a victim mentality in that. I, I, I don't think there is. Um, but I always remember this story. I had a friend who once told me a story. We were talking about, I think we were talking about Stephen Covey and paradigm shifts, just how we can sometimes all of a sudden like shift and see the world a little bit differently. And she told me about one time she and her family were on a trip. They're on vacation and they went to church and they sat down in the pews and They sat through all of church and before church and all through, no one reached out to them. No one even acknowledged that they were there. And she remembers this building in her, like, what are these people's problems? They're supposed to be Christian. They're supposed to like, why are they not even caring about me? And when they finished, she ended up just tapping the woman in front of her on the shoulder and saying, Hey, we're, we're just visiting. And the woman goes, Oh, we are too. We were wondering if anybody would reach. And like, she started to realize they were all in the same boat. Like they were all kind of waiting for somebody else to reach out to them. And that story always sticks with me. Cause I think sometimes if we take that proactive approach, things turn out in a really good way. To go back to the strength comment, it's a delicate balance because we want to lift other people up as being strong. We really do. But don't always just assume that if you can find that balance and not build that story in your head too from like this, because you start to build this story. It's that quote of be nice because you don't know what other people are going through. You know, you have no idea what other people are going through. So if we have more that mentality, I I think it's less of a victim and more of um, a place of empathy and just knowing, hey, people are going through stuff and 
Am I going to be somebody who's going to help them or hurt them? You know, and I think we want to be helpers. And right now, our world needs more help and more people who are going to build that strength than tear it down and knock people down. Yep, I'd agree. And there's something to be said for practicing what you preach, right? Like, if you want to see others and you want them to show themselves to you, I'm thinking of Frozen too, because I have little kids, right? Show yourself. But like, if you want people to be vulnerable with you to avoid maybe practicing a little hypocrisy, I think the best way to do that is, is to believe it for yourself. And then as that becomes natural for you, I think that is silently giving other people permission to do the same. At least that's what I found in my own life. My life is so much more richer just being transparent and authentic. I love my life. Yesterday, Sarah shared on social media, just a a more vulnerable, authentic post, just talking about, she was giving thanks to somebody, but talking about some of the, some struggles she's dealt with in over the last several years. And it's amazing to see the, the depth of response to something like that. When she takes that first step being vulnerable the amount of vulnerability that comes back, right? It's just like what you were saying. When we stay superficial, we get superficial. Yep. Uh, and when we go deeper, we go, other people go deeper with us. What if I had come to your house and not been open with how I was actually feeling in the moment? I could have left and started creating a story in my head of, it was fine. You know, I don't, I don't feel like they really got to know me. You know, like I can, I can do that when I don't, when I don't show myself to others and it's, it's a trick our brains can play on us. Yeah, for sure. Now I'm going to have frozen in my head. <laughs> we can listen to the soundtrack the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we did for days, you know. I don't think a Disney movie has ever made me and my husband cry so hard. All right. Well, this is going downhill because I'm talking about Frozen again, which I've done in <laughs> any speech. So we're going to wrap this up. But thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Julie. You're awesome. Welcome. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, you too. Bye. Don't you just love them? They are so real. That's what I love most about them. They are so easy to connect with. I'm going to go ahead and put all the links to Ty's website where you can find out more about what he does and his books. He's doing incredible things. Thank you again to our sponsor for this episode, Wax On, Wax Off Creations. I cannot say enough good things about them. They can do anything from nightmare before Christmas themed eggs to gorgeous nativities to your favorite sports team. They do it all. Go check out their stuff at Wax On Wax Off Creations Egg Art Facebook page or on their Instagram, Wax On Wax Off Creations with an underscore under each word. My friends, I hope you do feel seen this Christmas season, and I hope you reach out to others to help them feel seen as well. Once again, thank you all that continue to order my book, to leave reviews, and to spread the Christmas spirit. Merry Christmas. My name is Julie Lee, and I see you.